You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we spoke with University of Chicago's head coach, John Fitzgerald. Coach Fitzgerald, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you know, I always like to start these uh, by having you give um, your bio. And, and, you know, I always like to add that, you know, the life of a baseball coach and player for that matter is seldom a straight path. So why don't you go ahead and get us started by, uh, you know, giving us your bio? Yeah, well, if we're going to go back to right after college, um, I graduated from the University of Chicago, where I'm currently the head baseball coach. I actually did not go into coaching immediately. Um, went into um, was the director of sports marketing at uh, Loyola University in Chicago, and then kind of ended up, ended up uh, taking that path for about four years, um, where I ended up being the radio and television uh, play-by-play voice for Loyola Basketball in Chicago, and then for a time down at uh, a sports director at a radio station in Central Illinois, where I was the play-by-play voice um, for Illinois State University football and basketball. Um, Long story short, rights dispute, something that existed back then, which does no longer exist, um, called a no-compete clause, which... (laughs) would have, when our rights changed, disallowed me from continuing as a play-by-play voice of Illinois State. Um, So when that was all kind of going down and I was employee of the station that was about to lose the rights, I kind of did a quick pivot and got into the coaching realm. And somehow, not even positive how this occurred in hindsight, but um, somehow made it through an interview process and was went from that and I had been an assistant coach at the high school level and some college summer teams during my time really in broadcasting, but uh, was named the head baseball coach at the Illinois Institute of Technology, um, which is in the south side of Chicago, only probably about 20 blocks here from University of Chicago. At that point, in NAIA school, but um, was there for three years. During the summers, I coached and managed out east, uh, New England Collegiate League, New York Collegiate League at the time, and Left IIT, Illinois Tech, after three years to uh, join the baseball staff at the University of Notre Dame when Dave Schrag became the head coach uh, following Paul Maneri. Spent a year in South Bend and then uh, had an opportunity to kind of move back to the Chicago area. I was going to be needed to get engaged, let's put it that way. And um, Mm -hmm. my girlfriend at the time was back here in Chicago. We had done the long distance thing for a little bit in South Bend. And... um, Took the head baseball job at North Central College, which is in West Suburban Naperville. Spent mm-hmm. seven years there, and then the opportunity um, to kind of return to my alma mater and take over for my former coach, who was retiring from the baseball portion of his uh, administrative slash baseball position, and took over there. And uh, entering my fifth year now here at the University of Chicago. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's uh, so definitely a good... not a straight path. Let's put it that no, way. No, <laughs> I feel like it never is, and if it is, it's it's a miracle. Um, no, that's I, that's great. And so, you know, what I find most interesting is, you know, we'll start by talking about, um, you know, your own program, and and I think the first question would be just, can you walk us through what a day in the life of one of your players looks like? Yeah, we have a lot of variables here. Um, we've grown immensely since I have, since I was an undergraduate here. We we're probably about three thousand at that point. Um, we're in the fives now. I th- I think there's visions of six in the next couple of years. To be honest with you, as an mm-hmm. undergraduate population, so we're still a very 
obviously strong academic minded liberal arts institution in a university research setting. But right. as a result, we're not really a block class place. We're not, we can't necessarily dictate, all right, all your classes need to be done by noon, mm -hmm. by one o'clock, by two o'clock, because we're going to have practice. It just, I'd like to say that's the case. <laughs> Every year I'd be banging my head up against the wall. It's just not the yeah. case. So it really changes based upon major, based upon where they are in school, how much career placement stuff are they going to have going on late afternoon and at night, which they pride themselves on here. And it obviously provides great opportunities for our student athletes and the student population in general as undergrads. So mm -hmm. we found we have to be really flexible. Um, school is a number one. The classes they need to graduate obviously a number one um and that's dictated by the provost and the academic scheduling so we have especially dinner during the winter term which obviously throws a lot more variables in place because we are inside um we we've done everything from weekend mornings to a lot of group work individual positional stuff during the weekend side where we can do defense and offense and base it solely upon what their class schedule is when their gaps in their class schedules and kind of just do it like that so mm. it really depends upon the guy where he is in class but for the most part our guys will get up go to their first class maybe they'll have practice right now currently in uh in a three-hour window because they don't have class until 10 o'clock in a given day go through that obviously weights will be involved on certain days of that outside of our practice time with our strength and conditioning coach and then it's pretty much be a college student um but all yeah. all of their schedule is kind of dictated around what academic says and then we kind of fill in the blanks mm. so it's pretty okay. variable and it's not it's not horribly um black and white on a month-to-month -month basis Right. And, you know, clearly University of Chicago is an academically rigorous uh, school, as you mentioned. And so I would imagine then that, like you said, the variability of their um, majors. Do you know what the most common major is on the team currently? Currently, it's without a doubt um, economics. That, okay. has, uh, that has really grown. And I understand it because most of our guys who are in that realm end up being employed prior to graduation and having a very high salary, um, whether or not it's New York and Chicago seem to be the most popular. We've had some guys who have been shipped off to, uh, to the San Francisco area in recent years, mm -hmm. but that is, I would say far and away our most popular right now. We still have a number of guys in the sciences um, from a medical, medical school standpoint track, right? We have some guys in pu public policy, don't believe we have anybody else in sociology anymore, but political science, we've had a couple of guys go to law school route. So it's a little bit diverse from that standpoint, which I think we're always going to get at the University of Chicago. But I have found, at least with our guys, the business economic track has by far been the most popular, um, at least in the last two, three years, really, since I've been here. Sure. No, that makes sense. Um, you know, what do you like most about the University of Chicago campus or facility? Well, the campus itself is, you know, I, I'm a suburban Chicago guy. I, I grew up in the kind of the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And 
it's funny to say in hindsight now as I look back at this, but the first time I was ever really on campus and saw it was quite possibly maybe a couple weeks before my visit on a recruiting trip when hmm. my parents and I actually drove down here, which is which is astounding because of the reputation of this institution, um, which has only right. grown from the time I got into to where it is right now. Sure. But it's not far from downtown. We're probably less than a mile off the lake. Um, and it's just funny being a suburban guy that I hadn't seen it. And I get that a lot when we do have more localized suburban kids who come in for a visit and they're like, well, this is the first time we've ever seen it. This is incredible. And it is architecturally an incredible campus. Um, the thing I love most about it, I think is the fact that you can walk tip to tip of campus, especially mm -hmm. from an undergraduate standpoint, where all of your classes are going to be where the dorms are, where our athletic facilities are. All of that is less than a three to five minute walk. I mean, it's, it's really, in essence, probably about three to four city blocks from tip to tip. But the fact of the matter is, it is surrounded beyond that by a huge science medical center with numerous hospitals, a law school um, on the south end of campus, a brand new, beautiful business grad school, the Booth School, and numerous other postgraduate academic realms. So you know, our 5,000 and change undergrad is now within a 10 to 12,000 university community. But at the same time, you don't need to get on a shuttle bus or even ride your bike from tip to tip of campus. So it's a, it's a really different dynamic in the city that I think is unique. And I think our guys really enjoy it because at no point you ever get stifled by, especially during the winter months where you see the same people over and over or there's little more than a Walmart and a subway off this expressway next to your campus. This is yeah. obviously vibrant. You're less than a 10 minute drive downtown. If you're going to get in a ride sharing system or a cab or something like that, or even the public transportation, like the, uh, the Metra train, all of that's obscenely close, but at the same time, it's a vibrant campus community down here not just, a few standalone buildings, some fields, and a gym uh, that make up our campus, and that's that's really neat. I think. Yeah, no, I, I've uh, I've been to the campus before, and what, what I remarked about was that, um, you know, because I also toured Loyola when I was making my own decision, and Loyola is smack dab in the middle of the city, and you can you can feel that you're in the middle of the city, obviously. Um, but when you talk about University of Chicago, when I was on the campus, it made it really seem as though it's kind of tucked back. Um, and it's like its own little area, but like you said, you're so close to absolutely everything else. So, uh, yeah, you are, cool. but there's, there's, there's a completely, you're a hundred percent. I would agree a hundred percent of what you say. I having spent, you know, numerous years at Loyola myself, that is much more of a city vibe where you hear mm -hmm. a lot of cabs and a lot of buses and a lot of street right. noise when you're in the middle of our quad. It's not at all. It's quite tranquil, to be perfectly honest with you. And even as you work toward the lake, the city itself, and while it is the city, the Hyde Park neighborhood per se, um, it's almost suburban from the standpoint of we have little leagues. We have mm -hmm. stuff like that. There's good schools because obviously there's a tremendous amount of university faculty staff, hospital faculty staff 
who all raise their families there. So it's kind of nestled amongst an urban area in a quiet city little suburb um, that really makes it kind of an island, to be perfectly honest with you, once, once you get into campus. But it is right. a neat dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Um, what makes the University of Chicago's baseball program so special? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, outside of the coaching, I would say that, um, you know, I, I really think the most important thing about it is is the caliber of of people we have in the program. And it starts 100% with the players, 100% mm-hmm. of the guys that we've been lucky enough to bring in over the last four to five years since I've been here who are just great character guys. They're great teammates. They're going to be incredibly successful in what they do after their four years here. Um, Hopefully they'll be incredibly successful on the field during their four years, but they have that inner drive to be good teammates and to really be successful at whatever endeavor they're going to accomplish. And that makes a huge difference when there's not a couple of standout guys that you say, boy, he's a great guy. I wish everybody was like him on our team. I, I can't say that. <laughs> and I'm, it, it's ridiculous to think about because obviously I've been to other places and that wasn't the case when I got here, even to be perfectly honest with you. Um, right. But I'm at a place now where up and down our line, if I was going to say who were our top guys, I couldn't, I couldn't shrink that list to 10 of our 30 guys. It's, yeah. it's just been, it's made it so special from being able to come to work every day and work with these guys. And, you know, we, we've surrounded them with, I've got great assistant coaches. Um, I mean, Kevin Terrell has joined us this year who played at division two Lewis, and he's been a head coach at the junior college level here and had incredible success at the college DuPage in the Western suburbs um, for the last seven years. And Paul Stevens is my other assistant who's been with me this is his fourth year with us, um, hmm. you know, and he spent 34 years as the head coach at Northwestern University. Um, wow. So, I mean, the, what we've been able to provide from them and what they've helped from a recruiting standpoint and their daily interaction with these guys. I mean, it's funny, Kevin just joined us and, it, and Paul still says it too. I mean, just looks at me like we have great guys. And if there's going to be a signature of our program, regardless of what we do, I I'm I'm really just so fortunate to say that collectively our roster right now is just guys that I think are perfect representatives of not only what I would want for our baseball program, but I think what the university in itself as a undergraduate student or recent grad, that that's exactly what they would want if they look up that definition. That's really cool. Um, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit and kind of talking about adding to that culture that you are already have built or helped to build. Um, you know, let's talk about the recruiting process, both from a philosophical standpoint and just how, you know, University of Chicago goes about their own process. Um, what qualities or traits do you look for most when you're finding a player that's a match for your school, both athletically and then academically as well? Well, you know, it has to be in the reverse for me. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a different dynamic recruiting that I I still don't know that I've figured out completely. Um, I There have been times where I thought I have, and then I've been, you know, humbled back to reality where it's, uh, 
it hasn't been as simple as I thought it was, or I had it figured out. It's, it's one that, and, and I like, I do like this, even though there could be a frustration here and there. I love the fact that it is dictated by our admission standards, which right. unfortunately for me, have gotten drastically more difficult in the time I've been here as we've, you know, continued to move up U.S. News and World Reports and gotten so much more selective even from what was already selective when I got here. Um, that part does differentiate itself a little bit. And it, it, beyond all shadow of a doubt has to start with academics, which in turn can make my life a little bit easier too, because there's no point in spinning anybody's wheels, our coaching staff or a certain prospective student athlete. If that part's not, if that part's not a go, regardless of how much I love somebody, I can't make it a go. Um, right. Which does make things, certain things a little bit clear. Um, but once we have that established and once we know of the guys who we think academically are within our cut or within our parameters on a given year. And that, like I said, that'll typically change every year prior to us going out really heavy during the summer to kind of know what our parameters are. But once we have that kind of filter started, um, it's really an aspect of guys who want to be here helps differentiate them. Obviously guys who have talent, but guys who want to be successful in what they do, um, both in baseball and beyond. I, I say it a lot and it's probably a little bit contrived to a certain extent, but I, I do believe that this place, we are a fraction of what this place can offer you for the rest of your life. Now, I think we hmm. can do a great job in the baseball aspect from a team standpoint, from a player development standpoint, from your overall student athlete experience, but we are a fraction of what this is. So if you show up on campus and God forbid, there's scaffolding work and something falls and both your arms fall off and you're never going to play baseball again. Are you going to transfer? Because if your answer is yes, I'm only here for baseball. It's probably a bad fit. I, yeah, as good as a player might be. And I'd hate to say that for, and it hasn't come to that, but it, you need to have that thought process. Cause first of all, transferring in general, isn't a great, financial move for anybody because so few stuff transfer from institutions like ours. But right. um I I want our guys to be fully engaged in, in what this place can offer them. And baseball can play a huge role in that, but it's gotta be a piece of that puzzle. So kind of digging into what they want, why we know why we like them. Why do they like us? That mm -hmm. becomes kind of a differentiation aspect for us, too. I mean, from a pure baseball standpoint, it's changed and it's continuing to change for me a little bit because when I got here, which was late fall before um, the 15, so late fall of 14, I guess the spring of 15 was my first year here, if I'm doing my math correctly in my head. And I got here late September, maybe the first week of October. It was a it was a long process that got delayed due to some certain things on campus, from my understanding. Um, we only had 14 guys on the roster. 
and we had to keep a couple guys as walk-ons that first year without a huge pool of walk-ons to choose from, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think six were seniors that year, if I'm not mistaken. Five or six were seniors. So our recruiting needs, thoughts have changed a little bit in recent years because those first couple of years, it was, we we need bodies more yeah. than anything else. We need to be able to field a team here um, and then kind of figure out what we want. And, you know, we we got obscenely lucky in doing so. But, I mean, we're, we're going to graduate a big class this year, nine. Um, mm-hmm. And this this would represent the first group of guys who kind of in that scramble in the fall we brought in. Um, right. Which was obviously still late in the game because it was October with a November 1 deadline. And hmm. at least a portion of our deadline was November 1, I, I should say, for the early action aspect. But, you know, all those guys played. <laughs> yeah. And played right off the bat. And some of that was out of talent because I we needed to get better with that. We needed to get better with culture. Those were two things that I saw immediately. But um, out of necessity, those guys played. And they, they've, a lot of them we've been obscenely lucky with because they've been phenomenal ball players that will miss uh, significantly when they leave here at the end of this year. Um, so it's been the nice part about that was it was a bit of a cluster, for lack of a better word, in from a recruiting standpoint those first couple of years. but. It was a blank canvas, and I never had to deal with here anything to the extent of that. I st- I used to start. Now you're bringing in your own guys. I'm not. St- there really wasn't that as far as mm-hmm. my guys versus the former coaches' guys. It was my guys because pretty much they were they very quickly started to outnumber everybody else. Um, yeah, and that was good, and that made things easier. I think internally for us because it's. It's a ridiculously tight knit group right now and has been the last couple of years. And that that's that's helped really build that culture. But from a baseball standpoint, I think we're now finally gonna get into the off season after this year where I can really start looking at needs and depth charts where I really haven't had that luxury because this obviously isn't a place where I can bring in ten guys in a given year because it's just not going to go with admissions unless some guys get in on their own and their walk-ons and stuff like that, but they still have to meet the criteria. So, I mean, from a law of average standpoint, that doesn't happen very often. So we're finally, I think, going to be a little bit more position specific moving forward and, and really think about things like that. That's interesting. Um, I would imagine that would be challenging, but it sounds like, as you said, you're starting to uh, cement kind of what that looks like. Um, you know, if I'm a if I'm a student athlete and I want to connect with your program, uh, what would be the best way for me to do so? Is it by email? Is it at camps, showcases? What what, what would be the best way? All of the above, to be perfectly honest with you. I I think email is always um, is always the best way. I think that um, you know, taking the the extra ten minutes after the email to fill out the uh, fill out our online questionnaire so that all the information's in the database. So when we do have our own prospect camps, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be included in that. Um, Obviously when we go on the road, I've, you know, this was, this was a realm. If you were going to lump us in with kind of the academic recruiting circle that takes place Mm -hmm. um, over the summers and the falls and stuff, 
this was something that was obscenely new to me when I got here and yeah. something that I thought we needed to expand greatly. And, you know, the person I had taken over for who I had played for, who was here for 25 years during his tenure, that had grown immensely, obviously probably grown in the last 10 years um, to the point it is now. And it didn't really exist when he started. And he was also an associate athletic director. So didn't really have the means to, you know, take a week to 10 days to two weeks at a time in Sacramento or New York or wherever some of these academic showcases were. And that changed for me with the flexibility um, to be able to do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, the help of guys in charge of, say, the head first academic showcases who have been great to me personally in our program and Dean Stotts at Stanford and allowing me to be involved with the Stanford baseball camps. That, that has helped not only our brand, I think, but obviously at the end of the day, most importantly, me being able to put eyes and faces together on potential recruits. And I think that's been sure. incredibly important. So, yeah, an email is a great start, but beyond that, we do get a lot of emails, like every school of our ilk. It's a great start, but being able to follow up with eyeballs and a shake of the hand and mm -hmm. give me your story real quick. Why why Chicago? Is it a, is it a script that you're giving all the schools or is right. there something that really Chicago differentiates um, us from other schools you're looking at for X, Y, or Z reason based upon your career path, desires, passions, et cetera? Mm -hmm. That's really important to be able to kind of, again, if we go back to that filter, that's probably another step in the filter for us. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree. And, it, it, you know, it happens more and more as, as I think technology tries to make things easier. It becomes uh, more automatic and less personalized. So that's definitely a sentiment that, you know, you've, you've shared that other coaches have had similar feelings. It's that personalized why do you want to come to this institution above all the others that you could be interested in? And, and I think that's, I think that's great. Um, and, and it's a hundred, you're a hundred percent right. And it, it's made yeah. things so much better and easier for me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you do right. lose a little bit of that personal aspect without a doubt. Of course. Um, you know, if I, if I know I'm a match at university of Chicago, I, you know, I meet the, the stringent, academic uh, qualifications and, and and I kind of match now with positional um you know needs that you're looking for right you know I've gone through some process to connect with you either through email and a camp or you know we're down the road right how right. do you help me understand that I'm the right fit because obviously matching is different than fit fit would be how do I know that I am a mat or a, a fit rather for University of Chicago baseball yeah that that part you know, as we get toward the last couple steps of what you would call the filter, um, I, I think coming to campus is hugely important. Um, mm -hmm. I think being able to meet members of our current roster, see campus, um, whether or not it's a formal tour, not a formal tour, that that I could flip a coin on, although they do a really good job here, um, and there is a lot mm -hmm. to see. I think all that common aspect of being on campus and being able to see yourself right. at a place for four years is really important. And I do think your heart tells you a little bit 
when you go on on various tours of schools um, and sit with coaches or just tour schools, I, I think your heart tells you whether or not it feels good or it doesn't feel good. But trying to do that without really physically seeing the place or getting a feel for the place, I think is probably a little bit short-sighted. That, that would scare me from a baseball standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, I should say. Um, sure. Of somebody that I don't know. I want everybody to want to be here and know full, fully what they're getting themselves into for the next four years. Not, not from any negative standpoint, but I want them to have a feel for what campus is. I want them to know what their teammates are going to be like because, I mean, I am biased a little bit because I think we could put our collective group against anybody else's from a standpoint of really just a great first impression and guys that we we talk about. I, I think that your, your teammates are going to be your friends for the next 40 to 50 years of your life, which mm-hmm. I do think is true. Your college teammates. I think it does put an onus on us as a coaching staff, as much as player development, as much as wins and losses to surround you with good teammates, because I think that's a hugely large part of, of what we do from a student athlete experience standpoint. So I would want guys to experience that themselves. Um, That would be a number one. Um, And then once you kind of leave here and meet us and meet players, then that's a decision to a certain extent that I want prospective student athletes to come to on their own. So Mm -hmm. I want guys to leave and say, call me. 24 hours later, 48 hours later, depending upon whether or not they're going on other visits of places and certain same trip because they're going through a leg of the Midwest or something. I want them mm-hmm. to say, hey, I can really see myself at Chicago. This is something I really want to pursue. And then mm-hmm. at that point, we start talking about the application process and things like that. Got it. And how important no. how how important the, uh, the essays are uh, and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that in our application. But that's really... For me, the final test, I, w- I want them to get to campus. I want them to meet our guys. I want to meet them. I want them to meet Coach Stevens, Coach Terrell, if humanly possible, and leave here with kind of all the eggs in their basket from a standpoint of, yes, eh, I, I, I don't know. I want them to come to that decision rather than me trying to fit a square peg in a round hole by begging them to be a part of this program, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. I think that's... Terrific. Um, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit, going into the closing nine section of the podcast, which is nine questions, sentence or less answers, uh, meant to be a bit more fun. Um, we'll start with number one, which is what time do you wake up in the morning? It's a variable because of a three and a five-year-old at home. So we probably <laughs> run the gamut from somewhere between 4.30 and 6 a.m., let's say that. Number two, favorite baseball movie? I think I got to go with The Natural. For Love of the Game would be up there. Bull Durham would be up there. But I think The Natural is probably still my all-time. Favorite baseball player growing up? Jaded because I was a White Sox fan. Um, Mid to late 80s at about the time I got into baseball. So I would probably go with Tom Seaver or Harold Baines. Uh, number four, if you were to choose one person to play in a movie, who would it be? 
one person to play me in a movie. Yep, any any type um, of movie. Just to, if they were to portray you in a movie. Probably go with Kevin Costner ten years ago. Even though I'm probably been compared more to the manager in For Love of the Game a little bit more because I'm bald. Um, <laughs> I still, from an ego standpoint, I'd have to go with Costner or Clooney. Okay. Regardless those are both of how pre- those are both realistic pretty good. it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, number five, Sunflower Seeds, David or Spitz? You know, either one. Um, I like I like both of them probably equally, and it probably all depends upon which one is carried at the convenience store next to our hotel on a given weekend. Do you have a favorite flavor? Um, I do like ranch. Uh, ranch or dill d- pickle at times. Yeah, those are those are both popular answers. Dill pickle especially. Um, number six, DH or no DH? I'm pro DH. I I do I do like the thought process of strategy involved in the non DH. Um, but mm-hmm. from a pitching standpoint, as a former pitcher. Nine legitimate hitters is more attractive to me. Okay. Yeah, that I hear that a lot too, actually. Um, number seven, who is the most talented player you've ever coached, played with, or played against? Um, coached, I would probably have to say A.J. Pollock at Notre Dame. Hmm. I think tools-wise. I had Matt Joyce one summer in Danbury and I thought his swing was as good for the college player um, as I had seen up to that point and obviously translated pretty well into his career. Um, I would say those two, David Phelps was on our staff at Notre Dame and I thought he was an immensely talented pitcher Um, who obviously had some success with the Marlins and the Yankees. Um, But I think AJ Pollock from a pure step into college baseball immediately start at third base as a freshman for a significant portion of that year um, and put up the numbers he did. I, I thought he was immensely talented. Yeah, those are some pretty spectacular names. Um, number eight is it's game seven of the World Series, bottom nine with runners in scoring position. Who, past or present, do you want in the batter's box? So many options for this one. Um Based upon what I've seen in a recent memory of those type of situations, it'd be hard not to go with a Jeter, even a David mm-hmm. Ortiz in those yeah. situations. Those would probably be my two. Well, you just picked two of, I think, the top answers that we've had. So <laughs> Is that right? Okay. right on the money. Well, oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. What is the most important character trait of a University of Chicago player? Um, probably comes down to that, that exact word of character. Um, that's hugely important. I here, here's, I guess the best way I would break it down. And, you know, as we talk about, as you mentioned, um, technology and things like that changing, I, I guess the most difficult part for me from a recruiting standpoint, and this comes back to it a little bit maybe a maybe a little bit long-winded but i i had guys here when i got here that played baseball because that's what they knew 
they mm-hmm. had done it. Um, they had been successful at it throughout their careers, but it was more of an identity aspect for them. In some instances, it might have helped them get on the coach's radar and get into school prior. Um, maybe it was just something that they had always done, so it's what they thought they should do. And maybe that was being generated a little bit more by parental influence, peer pressure influence with teammates. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. they didn't really love the game of baseball. Right. And that has been the biggest change, I think, that we have found is we obviously guys who are immensely talented academically and driven where they don't need a slap in the behind to get them going, be it academically, be it career placement wise, be it baseball wise, but guys who really have that internal drive, but love the game of baseball. And even if they go over 12 on a weekend, can't think of anything better than taking BP on Monday morning or Monday mm-hmm. afternoon on the field, because they love being part of that team and playing. So obviously guys who have that kind of, makeup is probably the biggest thing for us they're not afraid to deal with adversity and their ability to get back up again but they do it because of passion and that's the one thing that i i think we can say across the board our guys are passionate about everything they do in their lives right be it career be it academic be it baseball be it family and and that's an important character trait that i think gets lost sometimes in the race to be able to tweet out that you committed to X, Y, or Z school or that you've gone on so-and-so visits because your buddies have already, who got some early commitment offers from some bigger schools that gets that essence of really being passionate about something following your heart gets lost in that whole kind of rat race of, I I need to, I need to find a place because everybody else is finding a place and I got to be able to put this on Twitter. My travel ball program needs to be able to say this. And we've been lucky enough to kind of delve through that a little bit and find guys who really are passionate about this place, passionate about being teammates and passionate, to be honest with you about the opportunity to take this program to the next level. And I think that's made a big difference. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'd say passion would probably be the biggest one. Yeah, no, that's terrific. Um, you know, well, Coach, we really appreciate you having on the show. Um, we, you know, wish you the best of luck this season, and uh, we hope to have you on again. Well, thank you so much. I think what you guys do is is awesome, and I've loved following it over the last couple of years, kind of since its inception. But uh, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Well, that's all we have for today. If you haven't already done so, we highly recommend you go on our website, fill out a profile, update your current profile, and just explore. The recruiting process is about information gathering, and that's what we strive to do, to provide you the best information possible so you can make the best possible decision. Now, you can either follow us on social media or email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com with any questions you may have about the process. 